cute. Happy Easter. Oh, sorry. Happy Easter. Um, I was going to do something, but now I'm not going to do it anyway. Because Myers, he read so much, so you can read yourself. Go home and read Luke 24. Uh, you can just, I know you can read, so you can just do that. Uh, I'll take some things from Luke 24. I'll do some things from 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Uh, and we'll read those things together. But maybe sometimes, um, maybe you had this kind of week, you go like, wow, what a week. Maybe it was really exciting, or it was very long, and you just couldn't wait to get to Friday so that you could sleep in on Saturday. Sometimes you feel like life has run you over like a like a big truck and it's just difficult to to get up. Or you're just so tired. Uh for one reason or another, maybe it's work, maybe it's school, maybe it's um maybe it's just the situation you're in. But when we're looking at Easter week Wow, what a week that Jesus had. He comes in Sunday and crowds are around him, praising him in song, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, come and save us. You're the one sent by God. (laughs) So the people are waiting for him, kind of already worshiping him as a king. Then few, only a few days later, after he's been teaching and teaching and cleansing the temple, he doesn't get many friends from that. He gets arrested. He gets accused of many things. He gets arrested and he gets even betrayed by a friend. When he's arrested, everybody, everyone abandons him. And when we, he had maybe the mo- when he maybe needed people the most to stay awake and pray with him, they fell asleep. Before that, Jesus had even washed their feet. But Jesus is given over to the authorities. He goes through a series of trials. They try and find witnesses. They can't really find any that collaborates. But then they're very smart. Or <laughs> because what does Jesus get convicted of? He gets convicted of blasphemy. Saying that I am. 
referencing that he is the one that spoke to Moses through the bush. That doesn't go over easy, and he's already been doing that through his life when he says he has authority to forgive sins. So Jesus then is tried by the Jews, and then he, but the Jews can't really kill him, so they have to get the Romans to kill him too, so they have to say that he's an insurrection person who would overthrow the Romans or something like that. Pilate doesn't really buy that in the beginning. He's trying to get out of it, but he's like, okay, I don't care. Let's just kill this guy and have this ride over. Jesus is even on the cross, and we didn't even talk about it. He'd, and you can read Psalm 22, and Jesus yells out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt like that? All abandoned, all alone. Jesus does. Just five days before people were praising him. How fickle is the praise of man? Very. And the thing is that Jesus hangs there on a tree the Lord of life, one who God created all things through. And one of the things that stick out to me the most is also what they said in the video. And I'm like Lee, I was like, I was just crying. Even the other videos, like us this week, are just crying. Because this is the one thing I didn't understand about Jesus when I was a, an unbeliever and I grew up in church. Jesus, if you say you are the one you are, why don't you just beat them all up? If you are all powerful, why don't you just come down from the cross and beat those people up? Why don't you just take that guy who just insulted you and just punch him in the face? Because if you are who you say you are, you could do that. Peter tried in the garden with a sword. Sometimes we don't give Peter enough credit. We say, Jesus, I'm never going to bend you. I'm going to fight to you to the death. He tries, but Jesus tells him, that's not the way. When I understood who Jesus was, I also understood when he, why he didn't come down. Because as the little small video said, it was never the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was the love that he had for God and the love that he had for us. It was not because he couldn't come down. It was because he chose not to. And just like Jesus, not Jesus, just like Lee said, Sunday morning, and sometimes I get like, I, I get quite frustrated. I was watching some movies, movies, I was moved to tears, and some I just said, this is, can you move this off the internet? Because <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. But, but it's because Sunday morning, nobody is going to the grave. No one is going to the grave expecting Jesus to be alive. Nobody's going out, yes, he's going to be awake. He's going to be alive. It's going to be great. No one is. Yeah, yeah, but the, but the women are going. Yeah, they're going with spices for a dead body. All the hope of the disciples, all they put 
in Jesus, all their hopes they had in Jesus were shattered Friday when he died. They all doubted just like John when he was in prison writing to Jesus, hey, Jesus, cousin, second cousin, I'm in prison, dude. Are you, is somebody else coming? Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus says, tell to John these things. And he quotes from Isaiah, but he stops just before the captives go free. And he says to John, it's me, but you're going to die. They're, they have bet their lives on who Jesus is, at least the last three years of their lives, that he is the Messiah, he's the king, and now he's killed. And Jesus is not as kind to them when he comes back. <laughs> he, he, maybe it's because he's tired of repeating himself, but at le- because at least in the Gospels, at least, at least three times, even more, he says, I'm going to die when we come to Jerusalem. I'm going to die and suffer and then I'll rise again. They're all super confused and they're like, what does that rising from the dead mean? None of them have any hope and none of them are running to the tomb saying, Jesus, you are alive. No, no, their hearts are shattered. They don't believe all that Jesus told is gone. They don't remember. They don't get it. And even when they see him, they don't see him. When Jesus comes, I was going to read the passage from, from, from Luke, and he says, like, <laughs> he's like, you, oh, you of little faith and slow to understand the scriptures. With the people he walks, uh, walks uh, with on the, on the road to Emmaus. And then he goes through the scriptures saying how, Moses and how the prophets was all about Jesus and about how he was going to die and rose, rise again. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. So like they're, they're still not seeing him. So they go in and break bread. And then when Jesus breaks the bread, they say, oh, it's Jesus. And then they run back, uh, run back to Jerusalem and we've seen the Lord. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just like the women said, we've seen the Lord. We, we don't... <laughs> Women, you can't really trust women. And uh, at least that's what they thought. And, and, and everything. And then, and then we had Thomas. He's like, guys, I know all of you have seen Jesus. But you are obviously slightly wrong or all seen something weird. And I just like the details so great. Jesus doesn't come the next day or that afternoon. He waits eight days to come to Thomas. And then he comes to Thomas, and this is just what Je- this is what Lee was saying. This is what happened to all of us if we know Jesus. He came to you. He came to you and met you, that you might see who he was, who he is. That's the kindness, the goodness of God that Jesus comes and meets you, and says, "I am not dead. I am alive. I died, so the sin, curse of sin from Adam would go away." And I'm alive that you might be alive. Have your sins forgiven and have right relationship with God again so you can truly live and not be a slave to sin, guilt, and pain. But Jesus is actually, <laughs> he also rebukes the disciples like, why didn't you, understand? Why didn't you believe the women? Like, 
And they're like, oh. And even when he comes, even when he comes, let me just read that part. When he comes to the disciples, they're overjoyed, but they still don't believe. <laughs> because of joy, they don't believe. Um, we have uh, his name's Luke twenty-four. And when he is uh, Luke uh, twenty-four forty. And when he has said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And, they, and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, he, he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to um, prove to them that he's alive. And they're like, oh, maybe he's a spirit or something. So he has to go and say, do you have anything I can eat? And they gave him a piece of a boiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them and he said to them, these are the words that I, that while I was still with you, that everything was written in the law of Moses and prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opens, uh, I just thought this was such a key, because they have, their minds are closed until this point. He opens their minds to understand the scripture and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And repentance of sin and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. So Jesus is like, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? When Jesus comes to them and to people today, why is it that we don't want to believe? And here for, for joy, they are, have a hard time believing. Jesus then opens their minds as Jesus comes and opens our minds to see who he is that we might Understand that it was the plan from the beginning that the scriptures is about Jesus and he was fulfilling them. He did not stay dead. He rose. And there he gives them the mission that they were going to be martyrs. They were going to be witnesses. First in Jerusalem and then all the way out to the end of the world. But they were supposed to wait until they got the power from on high the Holy Spirit. And just like I was, <laughs> I was saying, we have to remember there's nothing. If Friday stands alone, there's no celebration because a dead Savior is not worth anything. Because if Jesus' full words were not complete, he was, he, he was not the one he said he was because Jesus said, I will rise. So the celebration is on Sunday because it's a celebration of who Jesus is and that is how we can celebrate this morning. It's not morning, it's afternoon, it's almost evening. But we can, <laughs> we can, we can celebrate. The question for you out there or in here, if you don't believe, why don't you believe? 
Are you like Thomas? I want to see it. That's not maybe not a bad thing. But Jesus said you're blessed if you believe it, you don't. But if you want to see it, then ask God. Ask Jesus. I need to know who you are. Ask the people around you to explain who Jesus is and how they met him. Because God's not going to cast you away if you really look for who Jesus is. He's not going to cast you away. He will show you who he is. He didn't just die to like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with you. He dies and rises to the glory of God and for the good of us that we can come to him. Okay, before I will try to contain myself slightly. And so, <clears throat> so I have a few places from, from uh, Corinthians. So this is, you know, uh, Paul's big, I'm not going to do all of it, but, but uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is a, ha- has a talk about, uh, he's correcting some teaching of people who, who say that, um, that they don't believe in the resurrection um, and so he is, maybe that's actually in the second part. This is just the part where Paul says, what is of first importance? Sometimes we use this verse for communion also. So Paul says in 115, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, for 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I, I say this a lot in our services, that I'm, I don't come to bring new news to you. Peter, Paul, James, and the writers of the Bible, they remind us all the time. You see the fourth verse, we remind. Paul says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. They received the gospel of Jesus Christ. You received it, they stand in it, they're being saved. Hold fast to the words I preached, unless you believe in me. Then he says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Paul has received this word. That Christ died for our sins in according with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he goes on and says to who, who Jesus has appeared. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers in one time. Most who are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and all the other apostles, and then to Paul later, because he was later. The, what is very interesting here is that he's going to them and saying, this is some first importance. What? That Jesus, according to the scriptures died and rose again. Jesus is fulfilling the Old Testament just like he said to the disciples he were. Paul is not teaching a new gospel. He's saying exactly what Jesus said. I'm reminding you guys this is the first importance. That according to the scriptures Jesus died. He rose. This is the first importance. Then he says to people that are doubting Oh, yeah, he was only there four days. Yeah, but plenty of people saw him, including five, 500 people at one time. And you know what? At this point in time, you can go talk to them because most of them are still alive. So Paul is encouraging them and us to hold fast to what is most important. 
that according to the scriptures, Jesus died and rose. And then he has problems in 2 Corinthians with the people who are, are saying that there is no resurrection. Uh, and that's in Second uh, Corinthians. Five. Second Corinthians five. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the part. Yeah. For this one, he is also saying. I think the word Lee said it's right. That's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think that's the po- that was my point, actually. The, the thank you. Thank you. I flipped to the wrong place. Now listen to what Lee said. It's because they were downing in the resurrection. So he says, like, hey, he did rise. Um, yes, we're going to take the shorter way. So we're going to go, go, go on. But yeah, read the part. Because he's saying to me, no, no. Because if you don't believe in the resurrection, we, what we are saying about Jesus being risen is not true. If people aren't risen from the dead. And you're still in your sins. So he's saying you can't not believe that. And then he says, no, because Jesus has been believed. I have that slide somewhere. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. I don't have that slide. I thought I had that slide. Well, five. You were excited. I was very excited. <laughs> there. There it is. <laughs> but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first truths of those who have fallen asleep. And here it is, exactly what Stephen said earlier. Because sin came by one man, Adam. We all died. But in Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his order. Christ is the first to rise. And then at the coming of Jesus, we will rise. I think this was also, I was waiting for Stephen to say this part. But a lot about understanding who Jesus is, is also we don't have to fear death. If our sins have been forgiven, we're being made righteous. And Paul here explained in resurrection, death is not the end. We will live with Christ. So death can lose its sting, although it's still stinky when people we know die. Next part. Paul is here going to say, for the love of Christ controls us because we've concluded what we concluded, that one has died for all. And all have died, and he died for all. And those who live might not live for themselves anymore, but for him for whose sake he died and was raised. So it's a freedom of not living for ourselves, but actually living for Christ. Christ died, as he said in the other part. He died so that we can live 
And then comes one of the verses that comes out to one of the verses that I use a lot. And I really think and believe that this is what we are called to do as believers. Paul writes, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ as according to the flesh, we regarded him no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself. Not only that, because the second part says, what do we do then? Or what do we call into? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Number 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Why? For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. And then God's, then Paul's appeal and my appeal and our appeal to all people who don't believe and serve Jesus is, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now if the favorable time, behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul is saying that understanding that Christ died for us as a second Adam restoring us from sin and death, reconciling us to God and us who know then get, give a, get some ministry to explain and invite other people to be reconciled to God. He uses the word to be ambassadors for God. That's what I've been trying over a period of time to see that we are here together and then we're sent out to be ambassadors of who God is what he's done in our lives to come out so other people would receive the same kind of joy, that other people would hear exactly the same message that we're hearing today, that Christ is not dead, that he is alive. And that people can have true life in him. And that we are called to be a part of that. And that is a great message of Easter. That all the things we heard testified about, God says, you know what? I make provision for you. I make provision that you are in darkness. The wrath of God, far from God. I send my son to be the sacrifice, the one who could redeem you back to me by grace through faith, we hear this word that the tomb is empty, the many witnesses, the martyrs who turned the world upside down, uh, poor educated men turning the world upside down. To today we have many people 
confessing who Jesus is all over, the tomb is empty because Jesus has risen. There's one more thing. It doesn't end here. Because somebody was like, well, where's Jesus now? That's a great question. He stays on earth for 40 days. And then he ascends into heaven. So Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, waiting to come back. The Bible says he is interceding for us. He is praying for us. The blessed hope we have from Thessalonians is he's coming back. This is just what we had in one of the verses. He's coming back. At that time, we will raise. Or if we're still alive, we'll be transformed. But that's the blessed hope we have now. And we're encouraged to believe that. To, to, believe, that, to believe the gospel that Christ died and rose again. And that he's coming back. Because... Because as much, as much as I wanted to just be so joyful today and I went for a run and I saw people hurting. I saw people crying. I have a couple who got robbed on the way here. And you're like, what? Things are still not good. No, they're not. But Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled to God. We still rebel against God. But when Jesus comes back, all things will be made the way they're supposed to be. The return to shalom. Then, there will be no more crying, no more suffering, no more pain. Until then, we trust in the Lord Jesus and ask more people to get to know who he is. And I'm just, um, depending where, however you came in, how long you've been walking with Jesus, how late you, maybe you don't know Jesus, I just it's always just good to if you have a walk with Jesus, maybe even this Easter to just pause for a few moments. Just pause for a few moments and look back on how many things he's done in your life. All the times you cried out to God and God has answered. All the time you just seen him provide, all the times you just seen him, you know he's alive. All those things are possible because of the resurrection of Christ. We still, I don't know about you guys, but I still really long for all things to be made right. The pain and the crying and all those things. But Paul says, in another place he says, O death, O death, where is your victory? This is the inauguration of this. Jesus is taking away the curse of death. Because even if we die, we'll rise with him. But it doesn't happen until Jesus comes back that all things get restored. But we can still rejoice in that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's won over Satan, sin, and death. And he invites us in to relationship. So that's just what I want to encourage you guys with this Sunday. How about sharing it with somebody close to you as well. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, just thank you so much. So much. It's maybe even hard for me to put into words the 
how big of a difference all the things that you do has caused. But you know, you're the one who did it. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your kindness. <laughs> Thank you that you endure us also when we don't get it and we don't understand. Well, I pray for all of us, Lord, that you come and meet us in our hearts and in our minds. Convict us. This is true. That we can trust you, Jesus, and put our hearts and lives in your hands. That we will experience reconciliation to the Father through you. And Holy Spirit, we pray that that's the work you do in us here. That you remind us of what Jesus taught us. You encourage us when we meet this world where things are broken. Remind us that you have already made, started, and made a way for us to be with you. I want to thank you again for all that you do. Although you're the Lord of the whole universe, you still know each of us so intimately. And in Christ, we see how you love us. So we thank you. May you encourage each person this evening and night to be filled with great joy. Help us to see that we're ambassadors. Us who love and serve you, help us to see that we're ambassadors who you are. Help us to rely on your spirit to live our lives for you. In Jesus' name. Uh, you may stand up for the benediction. From Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in his presence of his glory, blameless with great joy to the only God, our Savior. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. He is risen. Amen. Yes, come and uh, join us for...